0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks.
1: This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns, No Breaks with the fabulous two. That's myself along with my co-host, my partner in crime, and that's my man Front Row Kenny. How are you,
0: brother? What's happening?
1: Yeah, man. It uh, has to be probably one of the most craziest races we've had so far this year, but we are going to get into that in just a moment because I guarantee you, Kenny, I know you can't wait to talk about this particular race that we just had this past weekend. So many crazy things uh, that went on, including who came out. On top, but real quick, how was your weekend, my brother?
0: Man, my weekend was pretty, pretty good. You know, going into this break for one, it was a very light weekend for me, so mm-hmm. I didn't have like a huge deal of work this weekend, which is fine with me. But I went out for a little bit when it was actually not too bad. Out it did not rain like it has been for the last, I would say, twelve hours. We're we'll recording this on a Monday. It has been raining since I woke up today. So, ah. ouch. <laughs> um, yeah. It's been a rainy day for the most part. Saturday, actually, I went out to I went out to grab a flight a flight control for my for my flight simulator. So again, I've oh, talked right about on. this before. It's just like the weirdest thing in the world. Like I understand them, but like it's a weird feeling when you don't have it. Because if if anybody out there that listens to our podcast is a flight simmer. If you had like a joystick, like it has like the twist where you can change the rudder left and right, but when you got like the pedals at your feet, you got to go the opposite Ooh. way to go. Like you got to turn left to go right. It, it's like whatever they say in cars. It's it's like yeah, when you right, go dirt right, racing, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm still like trying to get used to that. It, it's gonna take some time, but other than that, like that was like the real highlight of my weekend because I've been really wanting to do that for so long, and I finally got it. And so I got my whole setup, got a throttle uh, joystick, got the pedals, so I'm all cool now. I honestly don't know what else I need, but hell, if we go back on another lockdown, I'll be satisfied because I have everything in the crib, so I'm well, all good. <laughs>
1: we might be headed that way.
0: <laughs> I, I, you know what? I don't know. We we gonna see. How was your weekend, Renee? I know you probably had a wilder weekend than I did for sure. Well,
1: that is very true, and I'm sh- and I'm sure our friend, I'm sure our fans probably are not gonna even be surprised what's about to come out of my mouth. But while Kenny was nerding it up computer wise, I was. Uh, so I, I, I worked pretty much all weekend helping out, doing some small surgery centers, trying to get some work in because I'm, I'm actually leaving to Cancun for a week during this whole, you know, break that we have, you know, for the races, but I'm headed to Cancun with some friends celebrating a birthday And uh, so I was trying to bust out some work. But also on Saturday, I went to go see a DJ who is also my girl's favorite DJ, which is DJ Cascade. And I'm sure I don't know if anybody out there that listens to our specific podcast knows who that is. But look him up. He's actually really, really a good DJ, plays really good music. And he was playing at the new SoFi Stadium here in uh, Los Angeles where the Rams... And the Chargers, I believe, are going to be sharing that stadium. But it was absolutely fantastic. We went out there and had a good time. We danced and just had a wonderful, wonderful time. Sunday, had brunch with some friends of hers that were in from New York, who we also took to the concert on Saturday and just cruised it on out with a nice little uh, show that I did Uh, Comedy show at a small little restaurant here in one of the cities called Orange County here in Los Angeles. And so you're right. My my weekend was very eventful, long and just, uh, you know, but uh, a, a lot of fun. And then just back to work like normal on Monday. So, yes, my life never slows down. It seems like it just (laughs) picks up. (laughs) Sometimes I think my life goes faster than these cars going around the track, Uh, Kenny. I don't know. But that was pretty much the event of my weekend. So now that we knocked that out of the way, Kenny, let us talk about what transpired this past weekend and lo and behold like we've been talking this entire season on this podcast of how so many different drivers have been coming in and and surprising us all with a win and I mean yesterday's race was no different It, it proved us correct again
0: Look, I'm telling you, it, it, it's crazy because the last few races at New Hampshire I can remember, they have been very entertaining. This yeah. one had just about any and everything you could have asked for, honestly. And weather obviously played a role in it, but yeah, it was a fun race. I've watched it wire to wire, like it was. It was good. I mean, even. Even during the rain delay, the rain delay coverage was really, really good throughout the entire you know hour or so, however long it was that we were in one. It, it was pretty cool, but yeah, I really thoroughly enjoyed the entire race. Like it was yeah, fun. Yeah, so did
1: I. Yeah, I, so, uh, I enjoyed it too. But I, I mean. Who would have picked Eric Amarola to win that one? I know. You, you know what? I only hate that Tam wasn't here to do the podcast with us because that's for <laughs> boy. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It, you know what's crazy about it? If you asked me in February who would be the first person on Stuart Haas to get a win, I would have definitely told you it was going to be Kevin Harvick. Yep. All day, every day. Yep. Not before Cole Custer, not before Chase Briscoe, not before Eric Almirola. Because Kevin Harvick is the veteran of the team. He's been there for so long. And usually early on in the season, either at Phoenix or Atlanta, he usually gets a win. But none of that has happened. Like, absolutely none of that. Now, <laughs> he's good on points. But the thing is, he still hasn't got a win yet, which is kind of yes. crazy. This long in the season, we only got five races to go. I'm like, wait. Wait. He and you know He still what? hasn't won yet. And I'm like, and, that's crazy.
1: And Kenny, for all intentional purposes, he might be the only one in that group that doesn't get a win. I mean, and, <laughs> it, it, it's, that's it's safe crazy. to say.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. Almirola seems like he might be the only one so far this year that's going to end up with a win, which is crazy. And I say five races, but I mean four. Excuse me. But, yeah. you know, four to go. You've got Watkins Glen when we come back. Indianapolis Road Course michigan and daytona and then that's it for the regular season and yeah, so in the playoffs it, it playoffs but playoffs. yes we're, we're like right there on the cusp of the playoffs and i definitely couldn't have had eric amarola getting that win but a very a very very good win his third career win it's been a since 2018 was the last time he won and that was at talladega and that was the year stewart hosk was on an absolute tear They were the cream of the crop. They were literally one of the best teams in NASCAR that year. And obviously, it just has not been exactly that same year in 2021. It's been a very struggle, if I must say. And even Eric Almirola talked about it, um, of how it's been a struggle. And also, on top of that, it's silly season is a thing, for real. And one important thing that he mentioned in his press conference was – well, Smithfield has been with him for a long time. 10 years, I believe is how long it's been and the thing about Smithfield, they've went under they've got a brand new CEO. That's mm-hmm. a brand new person over everything and you know, those little things make a difference. The reason, like he said, the reason why companies pay to put their name on the car is they want to see it in Victory Lane. That's where you get the most exposure. You win the race, they're talking about you. Your pictures are everywhere. Smithfield here, Smithfield there. I'm telling you that may be a huge deal in the long run for him. And I honestly think when you get a win, it solidifies you for at least another year or two. And no matter where you're at, like whether it's a team itself or a sponsorship, I think that usually is going to bump you up. But yeah, Eric got it done and, what a, what a fashion to do that before we get into the Olympic break. So he is now locked into the playoffs, and he is the 13th different winner so far this season.
1: Yeah, and while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and just break down the top 10 that we had in the race?
0: Yeah, so obviously, like I said, Eric Amarola, he got the lobster trophy, so to speak, and the real trophy as well. Yeah. Uh, he won the race. Christopher Bell came home in second. He was very close to yeah, catching Eric he? Amarola at the yeah. end. <laughs> I mean, if he had a couple more laps, I think he definitely would have had a shot for sure. He won on Saturday's Xfinity race. Christopher Bell, for whatever reason, really likes New Hampshire, and he does pretty well, and he proved his point even further. He is also already locked into the playoffs. He got locked in very early in the season, second race of the season, as a matter of fact, at the Daytona Road Course, so... Good day for Christopher Bell and the twenty team. Mm-hmm. Brad Keselowski came home in third, which we will talk about him a little bit later in the show. He apparently has some news coming out very soon, so we'll talk about that later. Like I said, yeah. his, t- his teammate, his current teammate Joey Logano came home in fourth. Ryan Blaney came home in fifth. Kevin Harvick came home in sixth. Good day for him as well. Yeah, seventh was Kyle Larson. Eighth was. Ross Chastain, Knife was Alex Bowman, and to round out the top 10, even after a little bit of a spill in turns one and two, Denny Hamlin came home in 10th. So, a good day for him, for sure, after what happened, like I said. Obviously, if you watch the race, you know, going into turns one and two very early in the race, there was a tad bit of moisture, and quite a few cars got wrecked, including Denny Martin Truex Jr. and notably Kyle Bush, who was not very happy. He was <laughs> he was the say the least not too pleased. When he was under caution, when you watched the broadcast, you heard him kind of talk to his teammates. He was like, Man, look, this thing is done. I don't know what else we're looking at. I don't know what we're gonna do here. It's a done deal. We're going home. I'm not gonna lie, if I was him, I would have said, Look, somebody get me a car. Yeah. Get me get me to yeah. the plane and take me back to Charlotte cuz <laughs> i mean his exactly. car was his car was destroyed at that point and i know people were already thinking well why didn't they go to a backup why didn't they just let let teams go to a backup well obviously because we're in these covid protocols still to some degree nobody is nobody has practice or qualifying so there's no need to bring a backup car there's no need for that at all so when that happened you know it was like well now let's see what's going to happen with this race and i think honestly I thought the race turned out after everything in the beginning. I thought the race itself was really good, like, all around. There were battles all around the track all day long. Brian Blaney actually talked about how much fun he had battling with Keselowski, who Blaney obviously led yeah, quite a few right. laps. <laughs> it, it was fun, man. Like, I, I love it. I love when teammates go at it. They didn't wreck each other. They, <laughs> they, they, they raced each other pretty hard. Like, they yeah. literally were going toe-to-toe for quite some time, and honestly, I've I was kind of shocked, but i I loved it. I mean, what do you think, Renee? How did you feel about the race on Sunday well, yeah
1: I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it too because I think it hit pretty much everything that you talked about you know i mean it was entertaining and uh, you know, and like I always like to say, you know it you know i in in the words of Tam you know i I did not you know take a nap or anything you know what I mean? but. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I mean, I might have gotten up and, you know, done some other things, but that's the beauty of that's the beauty yeah. of NASCAR, Kenny. And it's like, you don't have to watch every single lap, but, you know, you can get up and do some things and whatnot and then come back and then you'll pretty much not miss, you know, much of anything. But, you know, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, you know what I mean? And it was just, and I'm specifically talking about Kenny, towards the end of the race, Where Christopher Bell, I knew he could have used a couple of more laps and maybe even a a few more laps because he seemed like he might have been, you know, catching up to Eric Amarola. But, you know, if anybody wanted that race to end quickly, it was Eric Amarola. That's for (laughs) damn sure. And I don't blame the guy. You know what I mean? And but it was just overall very entertaining. You know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, hopefully I, you know, hopefully we can have this kind of a race when we come back from the break because this sure was a good race leading into the break. That, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I think the same exact thing. I think that's like a perfect race to go into the break. I'm sure Eric Amarola feels that exact same sentiment. I mean, oh, you going in, know what he does going into it with only four weeks to go after we come back from our break and knowing you're in the playoffs, you don't have anything to worry about from this point forward until – we get started, he's good to go. Like he, I, I'm sure that, that lifted a huge weight off their shoulders. And obviously, at this point, it's looking like there's going to be two, at the very least, two cars from the Stuart Hot stable that are going to yeah. end up being in the playoffs. But I will tell you, the most interesting thing about Sunday was, obviously, New Hampshire does not have lights. Now, I know some people on Twitter, you know, Twitter's going to Twitter always. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, the Twitter world.
0: The thing is... Very little known fact. So there is a reason why New Hampshire does not have lights, right? New Hampshire doesn't have lights due to a community ordinance. And they, when they built the track, they were like, okay, cool. We have a racetrack here in our community. We're fine with it. But we're just not going to have night racing. So there's no lights. That's the only reason right. why there are no lights. And however, lights at many places are a very, very, very expensive bill to fit for each track. I know people have said the same thing about Talladega, even though I will say that place will probably look pretty crazy under the lights. I am not going to lie to you. Talladega under the lights will be super cool. But I know for a fact it is super, 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 super expensive to do that place it is the largest the biggest and the baddest track On the NASCAR schedule at two point six six miles, so that's a lot. That's a lot to cover. But oh yeah, yeah.
1: and I will say this, Kenny. For any of our listeners and and people who are fans of you know all turns no brakes if you're not old enough to know, I'm going to kind of (laughs) give a a similarity to what Kenny is referring to about these lights when they when they eventually put them in. And I agree with you, Kenny. I I think it's going to look absolutely fantastic when it happens. But this is probably almost just like when people, well, I wouldn't say everybody, but for a good handful of people, when they first put lights at Wrigley Field and they were able to have night games, that was not only a huge and major thing at Wrigley Field because all of their games were always during the day Mm -hmm. because they didn't have any lights for, for, for years. But when they did, it was amazing how beautiful that stadium looked at night. You know what I mean? And maybe because it was fresh and and nobody had really seen a, a cubby game at night like that at Wrigley Field. But man, it was amazing. And I remember, you know, being, you know, a teenager watching that happen. And I was like, oh, my God, it's a it's a beautiful stadium. You know what I mean? So I, I, yeah. I believe it. Yeah, and there's some people who did. They didn't want it. They didn't. They were like, "No, really, this is I, this is this is our team. This is the Cubbies. We don't have lights at our stadium. That's what makes us different. That's what uh, makes us special." And and to a certain extent, Kenny, they were right. And I'm sure that there's probably people who feel the same way about that race race course in New Hampshire the same way that people thought felt about the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Hey man, I, different I, folks for different different strokes for different folks, right? And yeah, <laughs> no,
0: hundred a hundred and ten percent to that. But I think also it's very interesting about lights in NASCAR, and I could go on for days about this. But when night lighting was first introduced, it was very you know not not common for a cup at least not common for the cup series. Night racing right. was really really a thing for the Saturday night scene. You, you talk about Cup, it's basically most of the time in the daytime, you know, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, whatever it is, right? That, that was a thing. And, you know, obviously, like, Charlotte, when they had the All-Star race under the lights, drivers were skeptical about that because they didn't know how well the track would actually be, the light would be blinding, and of course, if you go watch the 1992 um, One Hot Night documentary, it'll highlight all of that, and it was like, dang, when they got it to work, They were like, well, let's let's do it here and we'll try it in a couple other places. And obviously, you know, more and more places have eventually gained it, like Daytona. Daytona is one of them, Bristol, and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, yeah, night lighting is uh, cool. Even though I'm always a day racing person, no matter what, I will say night racing looks really cool. So, yeah, we almost had that place in, well, really, it was in pitch black, damn near. But TV, when you guys watch on TV, everything is brightened up, so you really don't have an idea (laughs) of how dark it actually was. And I saw someone's picture that was there, and I'm like, yeah, I see why they called it. And I do like that call. it becomes
1: dangerous, man. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's some dangerous stuff right there. Like, you think you can't see out there like on a regular road? Imagine doing that with a car that has stickers for headlights, right? (laughs) You know, there's a very little amount of visibility. But I will say the cool thing that NASCAR did when they knew they were going to have to shorten that race, they were like, well, look, we'll give it 10 to go whenever it is. And it's just going to happen. And that's going to be it. No overtime, no anything else. We're just going to do 10 laps straight up. Whatever happens, happens. And I thought the call was kind of cool because it just naturally played out. Like everything naturally played out. Nobody had to wait for a pit cycle or anything. It just happened. They called it. And I've seen it done in sports car racing where they know they have to call a race early enough. And they're like, okay, this is going to be the last lap or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I thought that was cool, but yeah,
1: that was uh New Hampshire for sure. Well I tell you what, Kenny what does need lights and I'll tell you what does need to light up is Matty D's racing future because Matty, Matty D is going Matt De, De Benedetto is what we're talking about. and We refer to him as Matty D on this podcast, but Matty D is going to be a free agent in 2022, and I mean he doesn't have he doesn't have a car. I mean he doesn't. I mean he's become a fan favorite. You know he's definitely become that driver who is always the underdog that the people have. Have started to really love and root for, but yet his future is questionable in two thousand twenty two.
0: Yeah, it. You know what? I, I tell you what. It, this is this is a whole plot twist to everything here. When you look at Matt DiBenedetto, so if people don't know him past his Cup career, when he came up, obviously his story is very. I, I could almost say it's like a very. I don't know how to describe it. Maybe blue-collar. Yeah, we'll say blue-collar from his family and how they, you know, grew up. DiBenedetto is not necessarily a NASCAR household name like Burton or Elliott or Gordon or anything of that nature or Earnhardt. And he rose up, you know, literally out of like a rose that grew from concrete, essentially. Now, he had a chance way back when in the Nationwide Series, now Xfinity Series, in JGR equipment, Joe Gibbs Racing equipment, right? Mm-hmm. That didn't really pan out. Now, eventually, he got the Cup. He went to Go Fast Racing. He went to BK Racing. Levine Family Racing was the last spot before he went to the Wood Brothers, right? Now, of course, there's one big problem. When you paint yourself as the underdog, it's can be good, but it can also be bad. And the reason why I say it can be bad is. When the underdog gets a chance like, you yeah. know, Wood Brothers Racing, which is damn near a fifth Penske car or fourth Penske car, however you want to go by it, right? Fourth Penske car, and it doesn't work out, it's only going to stick for so long. And then there's been some regression this season as well. And also on the fact that it was actually known ahead of time that he wasn't going to be in that car necessarily. So, I guess what he said once in the interview was, you know, the expectation maybe was he would eventually, you know, be bumped up to Penske. But that's not it. Or at least, the you know, the actual big Penske team. And that wasn't the reality. So, when you don't perform as the underdog, it only goes but so far. And I think also on top of that, doesn't have a super, super duper amount of backing and sponsorship. Uh-huh. Does not help out. So, when you do that, it makes it hard. Now, when you win... It's easier, and we all have come to know how Penske's contracts work and the way they operate. Those deadlines are very hard deadlines, and I think if this was something they could have made in the off season, he would have 15 more chances or however many more chances to do so and win a race. But uh-huh. this time around, when that chance came up, it was like no, you know that's going to be a done deal. So I I don't know what's next for him, but. I think, unfortunately, he just ran out of time. Like He had chances. Obviously, we've seen them all happen. A lot of races where he came close to winning, but it just didn't happen. And he, I think if he had had that win, especially solidifying that 100th win for Wood Brothers, that would have done him really well. But
1: oh yeah, unfor- I,
0: unfortunately, it's not going to work out for him.
1: Well, I'll tell you what is going to work out is not maybe for him, but on the flip side of that, you know, you you kind of touched on it, but Harrison Burton. Which, by the way, I, can you not like? How much of a driver's name is Harrison Burton? That just that just sounds like a winning name, doesn't it? it just, <laughs> I mean, of, I mean, of course, it's
0: it's coming Come on, from the man. Burton family. You, Come on now, <laughs> you, look. If that, y'all yeah. know, if y'all know me, y'all know I love the Burton family by default. So. I, you know, it, it's cool. It, it's very cool to see someone uh, from the Burton family move up as well. Yeah, to cup at yeah, that. I,
1: yeah, I know. But you, you go. It, it, it's funny because, like, when you you look at what we were just talking about and, and Matt De Benedetto's career and and how it's been going and how it and how it looks, and then you look on the flip side, and here you got this twenty year old Harrison Burton who comes from a family of racing and a, and a good family background in racing. You know, it, it's it's so night and day, and somebody would look at that as, oh man, well, he's just lucky. And, uh, well, I mean, maybe you can call it lucky if you're. I
0: different. think he earned it. Honestly, yeah, no, I, 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 I think I'm he earned it. You so, know?
1: so that was my point, Kenny. If you're just if you're just a casual fan who really doesn't know the, the rich uh, history or the richness in history of whether it's the, the the sport itself or the names itself, you would think that, right? But uh, I agree with you, man. I I think Harrison totally earned earned that spot. You know what I mean? And yeah, so so what? I mean, sure his father, you know, kind of helps out, but you know, you gotta, you know, but when when you're trying to fill somebody's shoes, you still got to go out there and and do the job you know what I mean you got to go out there and walk the walk you know what I mean and and I mean we've seen this in any kind of sport whether it's baseball boxing football you know sometimes when you come in and, and you're trying to fill in your father's shoes or your grandfather's shoes and it's a big name man that's a that's a lot of pressure Kenny you know yeah I mean come on
0: yeah I I agree that is a great deal of pressure and You know, Harrison's career so far at 20 years old, which is crazy to still say out loud, has been pretty decent. Like, the thing was, when he was in trucks, I felt like there was a a great deal of pressure on him. And, you know, it wasn't bad. I don't think he did terrible by any means. His full-time season in 2019, he had seven top fives, 11 top tens. He just didn't win. That was just the only factor for him it just didn't work out you know some people were like well what's gonna happen now because he was in a Kyle Busch truck and this that and the third and honestly I always have said this I feel like there is an ample amount of pressure for someone who is that young and that type of equipment because their boss obviously wants everybody to win and it's kind of tough man you know and again you're learning and you're trying to get better and those things happen so I felt like when he was doing that it was just that stepping stone and whatever confidence boost he got when he got a couple chances to run Xfinity in 2019, he did well. And then last year, 2020, he won four races 15 top fives and 22 top tens. He had a good year. Right now, he mm. hasn't got a win so far this season. He's fifth in points. He's got six top fives and 12 top tens so far this season. Very consistent. You know, he's consistent for sure. So I think even now, I will say he should be fine. I think it'll take him a little bit of time. And also on top of that, I would imagine Penske Wood Brothers would rather have a younger driver in the brand new car versus, you know, Matt Benedetto, who's 29 going on 30. You know, I'm not saying that's old like, no, by, no, any, not, by any but yeah. stretch. But for in terms of, of sports, y'all know by now how sports work. Exactly. The younger, especially in this type of situation, you're probably going to want to do that, and so <laughs> that's what they did. They went younger, also cheaper. That's another thing. Younger well, it, means cheaper. Yeah,
1: that, that is, <laughs> yeah, that's probably the bigger picture of it. <laughs> and,
0: and he also and he also brings in sponsorship. Dex Imaging has been with him since I can remember, and they bring in money, big time money for him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's also another factor with the Matt Benedetto situation. It's just that he doesn't really have. An extra backing. Obviously, Motorcraft and Quick Lane are on the card, but those are Wood Brothers sponsors. So that's it. It's also like how Paul Menard had Menards. That was, you know, that's guaranteed yeah. money every yeah, yeah. year. They didn't really have that exactly. So when you don't have those things, it does it does harm you. You know, it can bring harm to you. So I'm not sure what's next for Matt Benedetto. Like I said before, but. I'm very excited to see how Harrison Burton fares out. I'm excited to see how the rest of his Xfinity series uh, season starts. I mean, goes along with uh, the playoffs. I'll see how that goes, but well, yeah, it yeah. silly season is uh, off to quite a start.
1: So this kind of leads us into our next little uh, segment that we're going to talk about before we round it out with our Watkin Glen International predictions. But th- the next part of what we're going to talk about, Kenny, I'm going to let you decide how, y- 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 which way you want to lead into this. We can go <laughs> with the first part and then do the second part, or we can just go to the second part because they kind of c- c- coexist, I guess, if you want to call it that. So Austin Sindrick. Is going to move to another car. Now it's the car and the number of the car, <laughs> which you're gonna scratch your head. And if you're fans of all turns no brakes, or or if you're just a a NASCAR fan in general, and if you don't know, you're gonna find out here. But Austin Cindric is moving to the number two. Yeah. So which leads you to go the number two. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Somebody's already driving the number two. So, what does that mean? <laughs> because I'll let you break it down, Kenny, of why this is such an interesting move.
0: <laughs> well, so all, it's, it's weird because the way I kind of imagined everything was well, if Wood Brothers was to keep Matt to Benedetto, I was like, well, maybe. Maybe they'll move Austin Sendrick to the two, keep Maddie D, keep that going, and that's all she wrote. But that's not how it worked out. It worked out a whole lot differently. So, obviously, for those that may have not known, the deal initially was Austin Sendrick was going to be in the 21. That's But correct. because of the move, they decided to say, you know what? Well, I think he deserves it. If Also, if y'all don't know, I believe – Cindric, his dad, works for Penske as well, but I honestly think Cindric has obviously earned it. He is a NASCAR Xfinity Series champion and in all likelihood definitely could pick up a second one this season. So, yeah, when that happened, that obviously left the door open. Brad Kozlowski has been ducking this question quite a bit through the media. Bob Pockris actually tried to get him to say it earlier (laughs) on um, (laughs) Sunday in the media center. He gave him a hell of a question. I will give him... All the props in the world for how he tried to pin that one. Yeah, <laughs> Keselowski essentially put out a statement. And he was like, "Well, you know, I'm le- I'm leaving Penske." He obviously brought Penske their first Cup yep. Series championship, first Xfinity Series championship, and with that being said, his departure is definitely going to be happening. Roush Fenway Racing is supposed to have an announcement coming up soon. I'll say coming up soon since the, we're recording this on Monday. And all doors are obviously leading to Brad Kozlowski heading over to that team. And the reason B is because of him wanting to have a stake in ownership. And apparently, Penske, as he said, his model was not going to work in their system. So or what he wanted to do wasn't going to work in their model. Let me say it like that. So with that being said, Brad said, you know what? Let me see where I can go. He stayed. He's... Going to stay in the Ford wheelhouse and with quite a large name for sure with Spinweight Racing is what it appears. And, yeah, that that's a pretty interesting move, and I'm not really surprised by it because yeah. Kez has talked about wanting to own a cup team. He used to own a truck team, obviously, and the reason why that folded was due to it not really being able to break even it's very expensive to do it that way, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work out. Obviously, Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe, I mean, Austin Cindercore, you know, products of that team, and they're, you know, obviously doing pretty well right now for themselves in the Cup Series. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy news. And, yeah. honestly, him going that way is very interesting. But there's one thing I will say, sponsorship-wise, I am very curious to see what Miller Lite does and i am really curious to see if they actually go ahead and go to ryan blady because i feel like he is the perfect fit like he is literally the perfect pit uh, perfect fit for miller lite over Keselowski. Like, yeah and Blaney he, he looks like a he,
1: miller lite drinker doesn't he, he yes yeah, yes yeah. i'm telling i'm yeah. telling you he he's, <laughs> i am telling you, he's
0: got the fit Come on. i'm telling you he's got the fit for it like it's perfect so through. yeah we'll we'll see but yeah crazy crazy I news to, i
1: try to pick i try to picture blaney uh, uh, like drinking a Bud Light uh, no i uh, give him Miller Light. yeah crack I've, it open boy it's Miller time you know what i'm saying i'm, I'm <laughs> telling you i could see it happening
0: it makes sense like it just makes all the world of sense i'm telling you but yeah crazy news cycle the day i woke up to that news last week my phone was in a frenzy my phone just kept going do 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 I'm like what the hell is going on it's just 8:30 I'm like what happened <laughs> yeah man <laughs> I couldn't believe it but all that news basically dropped all at once essentially and yeah silly season rages on I don't know what's going to happen next
1: but we definitely had a crazy little stretch before we got into the Olympic break yeah we sure did and that I mean that's pretty much what we wanted to cover, what was hot in motorsports for you guys. And I wanted to kind of give a shout out to my buddy, uh, Daryl Wright. We were going to try to have him on our show on this particular episode of the podcast going into the break. I think it would have been absolutely fantastic to have him on, Kenny. And and for you uh, listeners out there that listen to our podcast, if you've listened to us long enough, you'll know who Daryl Wright is. Is just by his name. Now, just to give you a background of who Daryl is, Daryl Wright started me in the NASCAR business and started in me in in this NASCAR podcast business. I wasn't even really watching NASCAR more than ten years ago, but ten years ago, Daryl Wright asked me to be on his podcast, which was called The Right Turn. And it was a wonderful podcast that we did. I didn't know anything about it, but he just he goes, man. I just want you to come on. I need your personality. I need your humor. I need that comedic part out in you. He goes, it'll bring a good flavor to 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 the podcast. And I was like, well, man, you're a comic. You you, you can bring the flavor yourself. I don't know anything about NASCAR. I don't, you know, and. And 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 ten years ago, and here I am still doing a podcast with you, my brother Kenny. And I'm telling you, I want to do Daryl justice, and I want to do this podcast justice, and I want to and I want to give our listeners and, and and our fans of of all turns no breaks uh, a taste of of who Daryl is. And this guy knows more about NASCAR than any redneck I think I've ever come across. <laughs> either it, you know, uh, it, either on the street or at a race. And I'm telling you, the brother is knowledgeable, man. He knows so much. And it's like, and I was, I'm going to be honest with you, Kenny, I was blown away. I don't know, I was like, I remember after the first podcast we did, I sat there and was just looking at him and all like, dude. How in the hell do you know so much about NASCAR? And it's so funny, man. You know the guy. You know he he grew up watching it. And I mean, and you're talking about a guy. And I'm not talking about me. I grew up in Southern Texas, and I didn't. I could care. Guy could have cared less about NASCAR. But, uh, you know, Daryl th- thoroughly, really, he enjoys NASCAR. He enjoys the sport, man. And it's a genuine, he has a genuine love for the sport of NASCAR, dude. So when we come back, Kenny, we're going to try to do our best and try to get Daryl on for, for the first episode back from the break. So with that being said, I think we're ready for, for our predictions going into Watkins Glen when we come back. Yeah, let's do it. All right, all right, so here we go. Here are our predictions. I love doing that just for Tam, just in case (laughs) she's listening.
0: It's time for Grace Predictions.
1: All right, who do I got? So I'm definitely not going with Eric Amarola again, that's for sure. But, you know, Kenny, I'm going to stick with my guns, and I'm going to continue to go... For this driver, only because well, I'm gonna go with these two drivers only because I I just I, I can't see going the rest of the year without having at least one of those guys <laughs> in 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 the winner's circle. So I'm gonna go. With Denny Hamlin as my favorite as my top pick and for my alternative pick you guys already know I'm going with the number four I'm going with Kevin Harvick and I believe at least one of those guys are gonna get it done it's crunch time and it's time to like put your big boy pants on it's time to get in the car and it's time to pull down the shield on the helmet Time to lock in, and it's time to get those juices flowing, Kenny. And if anybody can do it, a veteran can, and and guys with ice water in their veins. And these guys have proved it over and over in years and years and years. And uh, that's why I'm going with Denny Hamlin as my main pick, and I'm going with Kevin Harvick as my alternative pick. Kenny, what say you, my brother? All
0: right. So, first time at Watkins Glen since 2019, which is crazy to say. (laughs) yeah uh, man we missed it in 2020 for sure i'm glad we're we are back i am glad to be going to the glen so if anyone is out there that is a listener of the podcast i will be out there walk as glen for the entire weekend looking forward to it i've never been i'm excited um but for me i'm going with the rogue horse king the man the myth the legend himself somehow some way chase elliot who has won at Watkins Glen twice. He got his first career victory there. So I'll always remember that one because that was the same weekend I got my job offered for the NASCAR initially in 2018. So that's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> so I'm always going to remember that race. And for my alternative pick, I am actually going to go with Christopher Bell, who is a very sharp road course racer. He has been very, very good at them. And I think he will. Be a great pick if you're going to Las Vegas. I think that'll be a great pick. Honestly, I don't know what his betting odds will be, but I think he will be a pretty solid
1: pick. So those are my picks. I'm sticking to them. Close this out, Renee. Well, God, man, you just man, you you, you're making me when I when I'm go to Vegas and just to make a bet. But i want to keep that one in the back of my mind, Kenny. I, well, you know what? Uh, I, I definitely am going to keep that in mind during the week because I might do it just from Cancun if I'm just feeling pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how many drinks I've had, too. <laughs> all right. So we are going on a break, but those are our picks. What say you, fans of all turns, no breaks? Uh, if you got a pick, you guys want to tell us who you think is going to win. You guys want to give us your alternative pick as well. Hit us up on our social media across the board at turns no breaks again so hit us up on our social media we certainly appreciate you listening into our podcast each and every week we thoroughly uh, appreciate your support if you know anybody that loves nascar just as much as you do just as much as we do remember that this podcast is for fans by fans turn them on to all turns no breaks we certainly appreciate you tuning in for kenny myself and for you fans listening in be kind to each other please be safe And we'll see you when we come back from break on another episode of All Turns and No Breaks.
0: See y'all. Enjoy the Olympic break.
1: USA, baby.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in.